Let's pray. Gracious God, as we uh, gather this morning around your word, we pray that you'll open our hearts and prepare us to hear what you have for us. Help us to be responsive, help us to be obedient, help us to understand, and help us to act on what you give to us. Lord Jesus, uh, so often we only hear and we don't do. And so we ask for your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I have not given any report. I, someone asked me, well, what happened when I was in Uganda uh, recently in, in December? And uh, just to tell you that our purpose was to go and to train these pastors, these mission workers, these relief workers who are working in the northern part of Uganda, southern Sudan. It's been the area where uh, maybe you've followed the news, the Lord's Resistance Army, that rebel group that's been abducting children and uh, forming uh, child soldiers and sex slaves, all the horrible stuff. And so we were there on two different locations training these pastors, well, well over 100 pastors and mission workers, and uh, it was just such a privilege to be with these uh, people who are serving the Lord. They'll go back into the bush, they'll go back into areas that me, we Mazungus, we white people, uh, Mazungus can't go. And so thank you for your prayers. It was uh, an amazing time. Uh, we've been going back and forth many years to this area. Uh, it is such a war-torn, broken land. And uh, God is bringing healing. God is bringing restoration and life back to that country that is experiencing such great tragedy. Well, um, this is 2016. Can you believe it? It was 2016. You ever think you'd see 2016? Sounds kind of, well, anyway. Uh, and as we begin this new year, uh, really, maybe you've been making New Year's resolutions, or maybe you haven't. You just don't expect you're going to keep them. <laughs> I'm going to lose weight, you know, I'm going to, uh, all these different things. But I think uh, there are things that we as uh, Christians, and certainly as we're followers of Jesus, um, we're anticipating. We're anticipating an, another year, another year of walking with Jesus and another year of, of what it means to live in a real world. And I began to try to think of different uh, ways to how do you, how do you proceed with this? And uh, I began to look at the book of James. I, I like the book of James, not because it's named after me, of course, you know. But, uh, but because this, uh, this book is so practical, it's just such a down-to-earth, uh, basic kind of... And I think we just need some uh, good biblical information from God's Word that really helps us frame our thinking. How are we going to begin this new year? How are we going to go forward? Uh, and so I thought, well, kind of like, how do you keep going when the going gets tough? Uh, so James is a book that doesn't focus uh, so much on what we believe. Uh, rather, it's on how we live out our belief, how, what, we, what we really do. Uh, and so it's not a doctrinal kind of book like Romans or Ephesians, whatever. Uh, but it's how the Christian life is lived out in the day-to-day -day reality of our life. It's kind of, uh, it's really kind of like Old Testament literature, wisdom literature, like uh, Proverbs. Uh, it's almost handled that kind of way. 
And so James, uh, by the way, this is not James the Apostle, just so you know. This is not James the Apostle. He was killed in A.D. 44. So this was written, uh, uh, Mark chapter 6 probably gives us some kind of clue of who this is. This is really James, who's the child of Mary and Joseph. James is the one who saw Jesus, who knew Jesus, and he didn't believe Jesus was God. He didn't believe Jesus was Messiah. <laughs> no way. I mean, he saw all the, the humanity of Jesus, he saw all this, and he didn't believe. It was only after the resurrection that James believed. I like that about James. You know? Uh, he doesn't just uh, uh, take take it for granted. He doesn't just, okay, well, whatever. Uh, he, really, he really observed. He really thought. He really questioned. He really wanted to know. And after the resurrection, he did believe. Uh, later, James becomes the pastor of the church uh, in Jerusalem. And uh, as you know, there was a period of time when the, uh, the church uh, was uh, going through great suffering um, and it was during that time that Paul the Apostle was uh, welcomed by James, and James uh, uh, was during that time of the, uh, the church's struggle. Uh, and so uh, James is, uh, is a pastor, and he just talks like a pastor. I like that, because he, he wants to see that um, our behavior, the things that we do, how we live our Christian life, is there really congruence between what we say we believe and how we believe? And that's really the question that all people really ask, really. I mean, anytime somebody says, oh, they're a bunch of hypocrites, what are they talking about? What they're talking about is, is, is where the rubber meets the road. Does it, really, does it really flesh out? Does it really, does it really work? Does it really make sense? Does it really apply uh, to your life? Does, does your behavior match what you say? Uh, I think Nike stole this from James. Just do it. <laughs> that's where they got that. And they don't give credit, but that's where they got it. Because he wants to put the faith that you have in the practice. He wants to see the reality of what you're saying with what you're doing. And so really, uh, James, and when you look at this first chapter, uh, and we're just going to look at this first chapter, this, this, he has very practical concerns. Um, his concerns um, are, first of all, how do you face trials, uh, temptations? How, how do you face difficulties in life? And that's really a question that we should be asking as we're looking at 2016. How are we going to face these trials? Because <clears throat> life is not always going to be a bowl of cherries. I mean, it's gonna, you're going to have difficulties, you're going to have adversity, you're going to have things that are going to hit you. And often it kind of comes as a surprise. You never anticipate it. And so uh, how are you going to face these things? How are you going to uh, address them? I think there's a second thing, and that is um, how are you going to grow in Christ? How, what's going to be your, your story of your growth? I mean, your how are you going to grow in wisdom? How are you going to grow in your understanding <clears throat> of who God is? What, what's, your, what's your plan? And then I think third, the third concern that we should have is how are we going to show Jesus to the watching world? 
I mean, what's the world going to see in, in my life, in your life? Uh, are, are they, how are they going to see Jesus? What's, what is the behavior? What, what's the, the way you live, the way you conduct your life, the way you deal with people, the way you handle business, the way you handle finances, the way you, way you handle your marriage, the way you handle your, your, your parents, your, your love? I mean, what's it going to look like? And so let's read this first chapter and I'd like to read it from the message because <clears throat> I like this very direct kind of way that uh, this, in, this translation. I, James, am a slave of God and the Master Jesus, writing to the twelve tribes scattered to kingdom come. Hello. <laughs> Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come to you from all sides. You know that under pressure your faith life is forced into open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you, you can become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get the help and won't be condescended to when you ask for it. Ask boldly, believingly, without a second thought. People who worry their prayers are like wind-whipped waves. Don't think you're going to get anything from the Master that way. Adrift at sea, keeping all your options open. When down and outers get a break, cheer. When the arrogant rich are brought down to size, cheer. Prosperity is as short-lived as a wildflower, so don't ever count on it. You know that as soon as the sun rises, pouring down its scorching heat, the flower withers, its petals wilt, and before you know it, that beautiful face is a barren stem. Well, that's a picture of this prosperous life. At the very moment everyone is looking on in admiration, it fades away to nothing. Anyone who meets a testing challenge head-on and manages to stick it out is mighty fortunate. For such persons, loyalty in love with God, the reward, reward, the reward is life and more life. Don't let anyone under pressure to give in to evil say, God is trying to trap me, trip me, trip me up. God is impervious to evil and puts evil in no one's way. The temptation is to give in to evil comes from us and only us. We have no one to blame but the leering, seducing flare-up of our own lust. Lust gets pregnant, has a baby, sin. Sin grows up to adulthood and becomes a real killer. So my dear friends, don't get thrown off course. Every desirable and, de and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. The gifts are rivers of light cascading down from the Father of light. There is nothing deceitful in God, nothing two-faced, nothing fickle. He brought us to life using the true word, showing us off as the crown of all his creatures. Post this at all the intersections, dear friends. Lead with your ears, follow up with your tongue, and let anger straggle along in the rear. God's righteousness doesn't grow from human anger. So throw off all spoiled virtue and cancerous evil in the garbage. 
in simple humility, let our gardener, God, landscape you with the word, making a salvation garden of your life. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and two months later have no idea who they are, what they look like. But whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God, the free life, even out of the corner of his eye and sticks with it, is no distracted scatterbrain, but a man or woman of action. That person will find delight and affirmation in action. Anyone who sets himself up as religious by talking a good game is self-deceived. This kind of religion is not hot air, and not only hot air. Real religion, the kind that passes muster before God and the Father, is this. Reach out to the homeless and loveless in their plight and guard against corruption from the godless world. Well, that's really practical. I think James here is giving us five different things that we need to look at as we begin 2016. What are some things that will help frame our thinking, help prepare us so we can anticipate this new year? How, how, how do we, we don't just uh, come blindly or pell-mell into this new year. Let's stop and say, all right, how do I want to live this year? How do I want to go forward? None of these resolutions that you quickly forget, but I, what, what do I need to frame my thinking, my understanding as I go forward? I think first of all, first step would be to welcome challenges. Welcome challenges. James says Christians ought to view difficulties of life with enthusiasm. But why? I mean, you that sounds counterproductive. I mean, usually when these problems come, uh, we just, we, we, we use this why. Why me? And, and we really, uh, it's a pity party. You know, we, uh, we feel sorry for ourselves. Or we're, we're angry at God. We're, we're, uh, it isn't fair. What do kids say always? It's not, it's not fair. It's not fair. Instead of this, he says, it will be beneficial to us. It'll be beneficial to us that when these trials come, these difficulties come, he says, I want you to even consider it pure joy. Wow. Well, joy is not a feeling. It is active. It isn't passive. It's, it is active acceptance of adversity. That just doesn't make sense. I mean, these tests and challenges, it causes us either to turn to God or we become cynical and negative and uh, resentful. We become crabby, you know? <laughs> we become people who don't like to be with. Uh, I remember as a young pastor, uh, I, was, I was 22, and I remember visiting this uh, uh, convalescent home with these, um, they were 95 and older, like 100. And I was hearing them tell their story and I was hearing them talk about uh, God's work in their life, and there was a sweetness about it. 
I remember being so struck by hearing them as they talked about, instead of all the difficulties, instead of talking about their bowels or their uh, whatever, they, they, were, they, were, they were rejoicing. I mean, it was like joy. I mean, they were not denying their aches and whatever, but that wasn't the focus. They were just so joyful. And my, my grandfather, who was a pastor, would often end this prayer is was, Lord, keep us sweet in our souls. We really need to pray that God will keep us sweet. You know, so we'd be winsome. We'd be something that's fragrant instead of sour and smelly. <laughs> so under pressure, James says, you really see what's there. That's really what happens. Under pressure, you can really tell. Like for example, I don't know how many of you are golfers, but often golfers will tell you that they can tell what kind of person it is by watching them how they play golf. You know, you know if you move the ball and soon. But really, James is just reminding us that God is helping you to grow. That's his, That's what God is doing. He wants you to be righteous. He wants you to be healthy. He wants you to not be religious. But he wants you to be alive. He wants that, that humanness of spirituality to be so, so alive and so fragrant and so real that other people see it. They, they, they don't understand it. They don't believe it. Like, really? But it's real. It's, uh, several years ago I was um, preaching in a church and uh, there was a beautifully landscaped garden and whatever. But there was this uh, I was standing outside the church and there was this this tree that had fallen down. And there was a horticulturalist who was there and I was talking to him and he said, well it's because when the winds blow, if the roots, if it's not deeply rooted it just falls over. And I could see that the, the, the base of the tree, the, the roots were just all small and there was no deep roots. He said, so James is saying that, a, that a, a, we're like plants. You need to be deeply rooted. You, you you need to know who you are. You need to know where you stand. I mean, uh, you need to make a decision. I, I think it's kind of like you grit up your loins like a man. I mean, get real. Are you, are you really decided? If you really decide you want to know God, if you really decide you want to follow God, then when, when these problems come, they're not a surprise to you because you know Life is not a bowl of cherries. I mean, you know the things will come, but who are you? What kind of person are you when these things come? I think there's a second thing that James is talking about that helps us to understand how to go forward in 2016. And that is to be in love with God. He says, blessed is the person who perseveres. Who perseveres. Um, Maybe from you, some of you theologians type, you know, there's a, something called tulip. Maybe you don't know. Okay, uh, there's the, the P, the per, uh, perseverance. How do you persevere? How do you, uh, uh, how do you uh, face challenges head on uh, so that you grow in your love of God? You discover God is good through these things. That's, that's something I keep repeating. That the thing, the two things that you hold on to, that the very two central tenets of what you hold on to is that God is good, 
and God is in control. You sang that song earlier about how that God is good. He, he wants the best for you. He, he, his intention is that He cares for you. He knows you. And God doesn't tempt us. I think sometimes we feel like, what are you doing, God? This doesn't, this doesn't make sense. Why this? Oh, during uh, Advent and the Christmas story about Mary, uh, God wasn't playing games with Mary. It wasn't just to try to uh, uh, trip her up. Uh, God doesn't do that. And so you can rest uh, in His arms. You, you can know that trials bring blessedness because God draws us close. And the the desire is to be in love with God, to be in love with Jesus. Really, is your, is your, your relationship with Jesus one where you, you uh, just do it, kind of like out of obligation? Or is there really a, a passion? Is there really a, a love for, for Jesus? And maybe you've never really prayed that. Maybe you've never asked, God, I just really want to know you. I, I want to love you. I'm, I want to be in a relationship with you. And so this adversity either produces anger and bitterness and cynical, or it produces joy. A joy knowing that God is good and God is in control. And either we become a victim or we move on to victory. There are too many people who, who are always like victims. Oh, poor me. Oh, you know, I don't know. And they have this look on their face. Yeah. They're always. Uh-huh. I, aren't you tired of that? Aren't you really tired of being a victim? Aren't you tired of blaming everything and everybody or God? Aren't you really ready to say, I just give it to you? I don't understand. A lot of things that come our way, we don't understand. We, we just don't. I mean, we're, we're so small, and we're so limited, we just don't. I like to think of the Holy Spirit as a coach. You know, a coach, a really good coach, can see the entire playing field. He can see all the different whatever, and he's able to give to you as a player some guidance and some help, do this, whatever. That's the way the Holy Spirit the, the works in our life, that to guide us, to really help us know what's best. And often we just don't know. And really to have that kind of, okay, which way do I go, coach? What do I do? Instead of being a victim. I think the third thing that uh, James really is helping us with in 2016 is let God change you. Let God change you. Uh, God wants... To help you live a righteous life, he wants you to um, be free from addictions, uh, anger. He wants to be free from spoiled attitudes. He wants you to be free from just cancerous evil, just stuff that's just dragging you down, and and stuff that often uh, you don't even see. But the work of the Holy Spirit is to help you to see. There's. There's a part of us that's the unknown self. We just don't see it. It just is unknown to us. Maybe others see it. Certainly God sees it. And so the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to reveal those things to us that are just dirty. 
smelly, yucky. He wants to reveal those things that are not making us to live life and to have his freedom. You know, there's a difference between psychological guilt and true moral guilt. Psychological guilt that can come from ourselves or others is a kind of guilt that just rubs your face in it. You're just a dirty, terrible person. Nobody loves y'all. It's just you're, you're a failure. All those negative kind of... Make. But that isn't, that isn't how God... True moral guilt. God always just shows us things that we see and we say, oh, oh, I don't want that. And so what we do in response to that is called repentance. We turn away from it. We we say, oh, and we, we raise empty hands of faith. It's not uh, me. God forgive me. God help me. And so are you really falling in love with Jesus? Have you, have you really asked him to clean out the weeds and just make your life a garden? I mean, just a beautiful, fragrant garden instead of just a weed patch. This is what he wants to do. This is the kind of sweetness that he wants to develop in you. And, and so that as, as, as you're before the watching world, people around you, that they can see that something's going on. God is at work. I think there's a fourth thing that helps us to see uh, it's important as we go into 2016. Is uh, hold on to God's word. Uh, don't let, he says, God's word go in one ear and out the other. But instead let God's word be planted in you. Live in the environment of the scriptures. I would encourage you, if you've never done it before, read through the Bible in 2016. Maybe you've never done it. You read bits and pieces, whatever. But you've never read And even though there are books like Chronicles and Numbers with different names, but uh, just read the Bible through. Uh, I, I use this one. I use the one-year chronological Bible. It's a New Living Translation. It's the easier translation to read. And each day uh, it, it will be like two pages um, and just begin the day. Let God's Word frame your daily life. Let God's Word instruct you. It is, it's more than just uh, uh, do's and don'ts, whatever. It's just it's, it's how to gain the, the mind of God. God has revealed His Word to us so we can understand what He wants to give to us, what He wants us to make of us. And so not just merely listen, but He wants a changed life. So, so read the Bible. Just read it and study it and apply it. And then you'll more likely act on it. If you don't really begin with that as a source, you, all you have is the world, the world's values. I mean, CNN or Fox or NBC or whatever, you don't need to start the day with that. Really? Do you? Is it that important? Really? Start, start with God's Word. Start with a time of you just say, okay, God, open my eyes. Help me to see today what I need to see. And as you simply pray, Lord, guide my steps today. Let that be that kind of way you frame each day 
as you go through 2016. Be people of the Word. People who need to see the Word, they, they need to see the Word in the way we live. And so um, let God's Word feed you. And then I think there's a fifth thing that James ends, this pastor, this basic pastoral care that James gives, which is really important, and that is reach out to others and hold on to God. Reach out to others and hold on to God. You know, what is, what is true religion? It has more to do with acts of charity than acts of piety. You know, it kind of bothers me, people who are so religious. I'm not really religious. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a person who's following Jesus. And, and I'm not trying to be religious. You don't have to be religious. Just the, the apostle here, the, the letter, he's, he's talking about be responsive to the poor, the oppressed, the people around you who see a need. You have a caring heart. You, 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 you now have something that changes the way you look at other people, the people in need. And then he says, well, I want you to be an overcomer. I don't want you to be a victim. I don't want you to be a person who just is trying to make it you know, every day. I'm just trying to survive. Instead, he said, don't be polluted by the world. He says, let your light shine. Let your light shine. I remember in Sunday school... We used to sing that song. This little light of mine. Sing it with me. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. 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 Come on. Let, let the love of Jesus just shine. I mean, the real stuff is going to happen. I mean, it's going to hit the fan. Right? But when it does, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to be a, a victim? Are you going to be moaning, groaning? <coughs> Just control your tongue. He says, watch out what you're talking. Watch out what you're saying. He says, let your life be unstained. He said, let it just change you. Let the love of Jesus change you. Let your light shine. I mean, 2016. Let it shine. So you're going to either welcome challenges or you're going to complain. You're going to be in love with God, so much in love with Jesus. Other people see it. And you have a heart where you're saying, God, change me. You, you, you know things in my life. You help me to see those things. I, I don't want that stuff. I, I don't want weeds. I want to be a fragrant garden. And hold on to God's word. Let, let God's word be, be a person of the word. Just live in the environment of the word. Let it, let it nourish you, feed you. And then also reach out. Reach out. And hold on to God. That's what you've got. It isn't just a survival manual. <laughs> it's a victory manual. It's victory. And either 2016 is going to be one of victory or <laughs> something else. What's your choice? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, here we are. <laughs> We're
we're admitting that we are uh, often not what we want to be, really, truthfully. We're often falling short. Um, but you know that. And Lord, thank you that your desire is to help us to reframe our life. Instead of a life of being a victim or uh, a, a poverty, a poverty of life, uh, emotional, spiritual poverty. But we want to be rich. We want to be rich and fed by your word. We want to be light in the darkness. We want to be light bearers in the darkness. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. We, we make this choice today that we want this kind of life where we are indeed light. In Jesus' name, amen.